When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back in, folks. Here on Afternoons with Steffi. We've got another hour here running it straight. We'll be coming to you from three till four with Sammy Hewitt. Tony Kemp's back in the building. Oh, it's a fantastic NRL season to look forward to as well. Now, yesterday we had Miyamoto on the show. Just to give you a bit of a refresher before we talk to Dean Lonergan, uh, we talked to Miyamoto about a whole raft of things. The whole interview is on the SENZ app or wherever you listen to your podcasts. She's got a really interesting backstory, has Mia. Here's just a little bit of, a bit of a clip about a bit of her backstory. If you could just maybe just give us a, a um, an abridged version of what you went through from sort of 17 through through your 20s to where you are now. Um, I was a victim of being abused from my ex-partner and I have I had three children at the time, and it was very, um, very painful, and it was a struggle. It was very much a struggle. How does that translate into inspiring you in your boxing career? Oh, it's everything. It's everything because I'm a role model for um, not just for the people, but for my children. I need... like. I'm the only parent they have, really, in their life, and they're the only one. I'm the only one they trust, and I need to be there to support them as well and teach them the right way, and make sure that they don't fall into the same circle that I went through. Mia Motu there, um, pretty special human actually, and uh, speaking to us now. I got him on the line. Promoting this world title fight, which is a big, big deal. Uh, New Zealand don't get many world boxing title fights, but we've got one coming up. Dean Lonergan, the promoter. Dino, g'day, buddy. Staffy, how you going, mate? Very good. Mia Motu, um, pretty special woman, eh? She's an exceptional young lady, and uh, obviously, from what you've heard, she's been through a very hard time in her life, but she carries a very positive attitude and uh, turned her attentions to boxing, and, mate, she can really, really fight. She's going to become a superstar because I'm pretty confident she's going to win this title uh, when we put it on, and uh, we're going to continue to, you know, to, to show her up and down the country. So I wanted to pick your brain about what happens now, what happened, how you got this fight matched, and what your steps are to put on a good event. Well, basically, the first thing you do is you uh, you go and get the product, you know, and that is um, it's probably an interesting way to put it. 
but you get signed contracts for these things uh, to, to be put on on a certain date. You make sure you've got a venue that you're happy with to put it on with, and then you, you turn around and you make sure you put in place all your uh, your advertising deals, your social media, you know, platforms, making sure you've got the full undercard in place. It's 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 quite a process, and I've got, you know, it's a it's a it's a moving beast. I can promise you that because we're dealing with human beings and people get injured, and sometimes you have date changes, and sometimes they can make it, sometimes they can't. It's a it's not the world's easiest uh, industry to be involved in for all sorts of different reasons, but, mate, it's, it's one that when it goes well and when you get to have opportunities like this where someone as special as me or is fighting for a world title and, and, and you're helping them achieve their dreams, their goals and their visions for their life, you know, that's a wonderful thing to do. So putting an undercard together, I know uh, back in the Juco days you used to use Stewie Duncan and I love chatting to him about how he matches fighters together. Do you use matchmakers? Do you get involved in it yourself? How do, how do you put an undercard together? Pretty much we deal with, uh, we look at what we're trying to achieve with the fight and we talk a lot to the trainers because they're the ones who know the limitations and the capabilities and what they want to work on. So, uh, And we've also got to marry that up with, uh, will the fighter that we get sort of, it's not just a case of going plucky someone from overseas. You know, if, if we're fighting for what they call regional titles, we have to get someone from within the region. Sometimes you, you can't get people from in the region and the reason why we want them to be able to qualify for those titles is because every time they win, they, uh, they go up in the sanctioning body and because what we're trying to do is win world titles. And uh, so, mate, I can promise you it's not it's not an easy business and it's not easy to do, but um, for whatever sins I've committed in the past, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> and uh, it, there is a lot of complexity to it. So are you going to target mainly Kiwi fighters, the, the odd Australian, or are you going to look internationally? Oh, we've got, we've got a, a stable of eight at the moment, I think it is. Uh, we've got three or four here in New Zealand, and then we've got three or four in Australia. Of course, the star of our stable right now is a young fellow called Jaya Pattaya, who is an absolutely sensational boxer. He's the IBF World Cruiserweight Champion and the number one rated uh, cruiserweight in the world. So, mate, we've got fighters on both sides of the Tasman, and they are very, very good. What about broadcasting, Dino? Because you've obviously got to monetize this for yourselves, for the fighters, for for everybody, really. How do you go about the negotiating of broadcast deals? Well, it's no different to uh, you know to what you do with say if you're the NZRU or you're the um, the the NRL. Obviously, they've got much stronger products uh, which they get enormous amounts of money for. But you sit down and you negotiate with the broadcasters to do a deal that works for them and a deal that works for us. And uh, sometimes you, you meet in the middle and sometimes you don't, you know. And uh, the broadcasting scene is changing in New Zealand. You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of streaming going on with the major broadcasters. TVNZ's pushing it hard. Sky's pushing it hard. You know, Spark, even though they were in the business of streaming, mate, they've just gotten out. So it's not an easy business to do. So um, the changing landscape, and of course you've got a, a massive shift away from traditional media into you know into new media for want of a better term, radio is moving away from its you know traditional frequency broadcasting into podcasts, which is what I think you guys are doing, and streaming online. So uh, that allows you know it's a lot the the, the, the uh, point of entry for media companies is quite cheap, and uh, as a result you get massive diversification and splintering of audiences. Yeah, it's it's fascinating because I just the financials must just be a mental gymnastics because you don't know how many people going to buy tickets to come in. If it's pay per view, you don't know how many how many there are, and you have to organise catering and um, drinks and venues. Gosh, you must just have your spreadsheet on go. 
Well, the answer is you do, but the key thing is to run events consistently. And the more consistency you have in running, the more patterns tend to emerge. And if you've got guys who start, you know, like we did with Joe Parker, if you've got guys that start to emerge as uh, as world potential world champions, people and they become celebrities, people start to follow them. And uh, and mate, it's quite interesting watching the revenue grow as you go. Of course, your costs go up because the people that you, you've got on your cards have to be paid more and more money. But um, mate, you got to draw a line. You start somewhere and you put your foot down and hit your head down, ass up and foot down, and away you go. It's exciting, mate. So, Mia Moto, how far ahead do you have to plan? Like, a fighter's always going to concentrate on, on that next fight, but how far in advance are you? Look, at the moment, I'm writing business plans for the next 12 months. You know, like, we uh, we were hardcore going going in Australia. Unfortunately, we lost our broadcast deal over here, so we're regrouping back in New Zealand, and then uh, we'll be, once we get the business plan together, which we're close to doing, we'll then be uh, approaching, you know, getting back in the Aussie market again. And, uh, you know, we've got some amazing talent and uh, we intend to make sure that we, um, you know, we do the best job we can with that talent. New Zealand's always had a a following and and it goes from latent following to passionate following of our boxers and the history of fantastic boxers we had, like David Tua, Joseph Parker, Andre Mihailovic is probably going to make some noise, uh, David Light, Jerome Pampalone, and now we've got uh, Miyamoto as well. It's is it is it a hard sell in New in New Zealand or is it ju- is it just hard as logistically? You, as you start off, it's a hard sell. As you get deeper and deeper, and they become more and more famous, it's an easy sell. And a couple of names, they call Shane Cameron. So um, it's fair to say, to start with, it's quite hard. But like I said, as you as you get deeper into it, and people go, oh, this is a really exciting boxer, boxer I like watching, he's on his way or she's on his way to a world title, I'm going to watch this because they're successful, well mate, that's when it gets easy and I, I've got to be honest, we're, with Mia, Andre and Jerome uh, and a few others, we're probably about three, maybe four fights away for them to be uh, igniting the country in terms of, uh, you know, people really take a real interest in them and it's just going to be hard work getting there but that's okay. And um, and then at that stage, they'll be fighting for world titles because that's how good these people are. And they all have one thing in common. They come to the Isaac Peak Boxing Gym out west. And, mate, that is a little enclave of world excellence. You know, he's already got David Light fighting for world title against Lawrence Acoli, I think, March 25. Uh, in the UK, he's got Mia Mothi lining up for a world title. Andre Mikhailovich is no more than four fights away. And Jerome Pampalone probably five fights away at light heavyweight. So it's fair to say that the boxing stocks in New Zealand are quite magnificent and they are all coming out of one place right now and that's, uh, that's peak boxing. Yeah, he's doing a wonderful job and a good humble man too. I really like what he's just going about his business and creating these future story, current stories but potential future big stories. As a promoter, what's the difference or, or the ease of negotiation like you're challenging at the moment? If you've got a world champion, does it, do you then, can you sit back a little bit and let people come to you uh, instead of chasing? How does, nah, what's, what's the not, dynamic nah, difference? Look, when you've got a world champion, it's, the complexities are a lot greater, you know. Uh, and unless you're a massive money earner, uh, people don't particularly, you know, <laughs> they're not crawling out of the woodwork to go, oh, I really want to fight this guy. <laughs> uh, but if they, if, they, if they produce big money like an Anthony Joshua or a Canelo or some of the a better beef or, you know, bigger names, people fall over themselves to fight. At the moment, we've got a kid called Jaya Bataya. He is a magnificent fighter. He's probably the toughest cruiserweight on the planet. He might be the toughest fighter to ever lived. 
is a guy who won a world title. You know, broke his jaw on one side in round two, broke his jaw on the other in round ten, and still finished the fight going forward for own punches. So, um, look, it's still um, the complexities are still there. You have a thing called mandatory contenders. What that is is every nine months for every weight except the heavyweight. The heavyweight is every twelve months. You have to face your mandatory, and if you don't face your mandatory, you get stripped of your belt. So uh, there are complexities that go with that, with things called purse bids and, and negotiations that don't quite don't go right or go your way. So it's never easy, I can promise you that. In boxing, WBC, WBO, IBF, IBO, all, all of it, is, are some easier to deal with than others? Um, the answer is yes. Uh, it's like anything. We, we, the promoters, are customers of those sanctioning bodies because we pay what's called sanctioning fees to them. And some of them are, uh, they, have, they seem to have a more meaningful rise through the rankings. Others seem to have anomalies in there. But on the whole, I find the IBF are probably the easiest to deal with and maybe the WBO. But on the whole, you know, they're much in the muchness. And, um, you know, so long as you're winning those world titles, it's if you can get your hands on them, mate, uh, your guys are doing good. So have, have, I'll tell you this. Yep. About 1% of boxers... About 1% of boxers make money and about 0.00001% actually make big money. Mm, yeah, I know. It's a, it's a high-risk high sport. It sure is. It sure is. Um, God, I had a ripper question then. And, and it, oh, no, no, no. Dates, venues, how close are we? Oh, we'll be announcing soon. That's not a ripper question. That's a standard question. I know it's a standard question, but I was going to get excited. I was going to put a circle on my calendar, Dino. That's why it's exciting. <laughs> you can put a circle on your calendar at some stage, Steffi. I can promise you that. It's just not just yet. All right, mate. Brilliant. Well, a bit closer to the time, we'll reconnect and uh, we'll pump the bejesus out of this fight night because it's going to be brilliant. You're a good man. Thanks, Steffi. Cheers, Dino. Dean Lonergan there, promoter of this uh, IBO World Title Fight, Super Bantamweight, Miyamoto. Um be brilliant if she can win that. Um, I've actually last night I watched a bit of video of both Mia and Tanya Walters, and it's going to be a barnstormer. Um, Tanya Walters is tough. Don't know if she's technically as sound as Mia Motu, but um, one shot can kill your clock, as they say in boxing. So wonderful to have Dean Lonigan on the show as we build up towards another world title fight here in New Zealand. Just gone quarter past two. We'll take a short break and we'll come back.